So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here's the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to Cash Flow to Freedom. Everybody, this has been a wonderful weekend. Um, it was Labor Day weekend, and I hope everybody had an awesome time. It, you know, times of pause are great times to reflect. It's great times to start thinking about your next move. And um, it, it those rest periods are actually hard for me to do. I like to be moving a lot. I like to be taking action a lot. Um but it didn't used to, I didn't used to always be like that. And it's kind of the subject that I want to talk about today. Um, really, what I want to discuss is you're not going to know everything. And that's okay. And we can trap ourselves by either trying to think we need to know everything or not understanding how to move forward not knowing everything. And this is kind of an art and a science, right? So the problem I think a lot of people have with entrepreneurship and business and everything in between when it comes to finance is to get superior returns to build something or have something that others don't. This is a creation process. Um, yes, there are overall models I I could say, you know, you have mental models, you have business models, things that you can follow. Um, but there is this part of creation and the creation part is the journey, right? That is what makes it. And that's kind of the hard thing about the creation process. Uh, because the creation process is what makes the outcome that is the part of the process that is unknown. Hence the reason you got to create it. So um, there's this idea that we have to know how to get to the goal. Um, and you're just not ever going to know everything. And I, and I like to use the example of, you know, you're walking through the fog. You can only see, you know, six feet in front of you. Um, and you're, you know, you're going to run into things that you didn't ever know existed. Um, and as you're kind of going on this adventure, the more you learn, the farther you can see. It's like ascending a mountain, right? And then once all of a sudden you're top of the mountain, you're above the fog, everything seems so clear and it all makes so much sense. And you're like, oh, it's so easy to see. Uh, that's the problem a lot of us have when retelling um, our journey. Uh, it's a lot of the problem that I have with a lot of podcasts because we have this, uh, hero's journey archetype, right? You have this bell curve and it's always the same thing. Oh, I didn't know we struggled things. And it's always smashed down into an hour or 30 minutes or something like that. And the retelling is retelling it from a top of the mountain. It's not telling it from down in the fog. Um, and so it seems when they retell it that, oh, it just made so much sense. It was so clear. So if only I could figure out what that is, if only I could have that idea, or if only I could have that thing where I knew exactly how to get there, um, then that's how it would play out for me too. Uh, and it's just never like that ever. Um, the only way that you can have such clarity at the end is through that creation process and getting through the fog. So 
that's really my subject for today. And uh, I'm jumping on this one solo. Uh, I'm going to have rocks coming on for the next one. We actually have a couple podcasts we're doing, uh, which will be really good. But uh, this is a really important topic, and I want to talk about it. So um, right now, I have been I, – I, I'm in a weird position when you have existing business frameworks and you have investment strategies and existing businesses. But then also I have other businesses that I'm in the fog. Um, and it seems like once you've kind of ascended, right, and you have more clarity, it's easier to repeat it because you understand that it's okay that you don't know those things. It's okay not understanding. Um, and you know that eventually if you do things certain ways and there's there's a certain way to get through the fog. Um, I like to test very clearly a few things. I like to first test my own philosophical views of the journey I'm taking. Um, I like to test the theories and I like to test that through other people and ideas. And if the end framework in its simplest form meets the standard. And and by that, I really just mean the market, right? Is there really demand for this? And is this really something I can execute on? Is this really a value I can even deploy to the market? Um, and if that stands true, then I can start to think about, okay, now how is it deployed? Um, what are all the things that I need? And then I start to worry about my tool bag and all the things that I'm going to need in my backpack for the journey. Um, when starting out in a business, there's a lot of things that are just repeatable and predictable that all businesses need, right? Those are things that are just easy to knock down. Okay. I need my legal work. I need, you know, I need to be doing accounting. I need to, you know, this is all business stuff that you can learn in business school, right? That is what I like to think of more universally applicable to building the framework of the vehicle. But Choosing the right vehicle and getting it there, none of that applies. Um, how you deploy your strategies to the market and whether your thesis is true and how long that journey is going to take and how much resources you're packing to get on top of the mountain, right? How much food do you have? Are you even going to make it there? Those kind of things are where I think a lot of people fail, but they always usually fail right at the first. Um, and this is a really hard one because although I never want to tell anybody that their idea or their dream or their goal. Um, they can't do it because honestly, anybody can do anything. I kind of believe that. Um, the problem is though, is too many of us, we get consumed by the thought of something that we want or we like, and we want it to be, and we forget about what really matters. And that's the market. So understanding how much of a market there is for a good or service and how you can compete in that market and what it takes to get there, that's where I see most people start to really falter. Um, I've seen this in all sorts of industry, everything from tech to simple things, you know, like home, like uh, 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 hot tub uh, service providing, um, even different types of buildings. And, and, you know, they can be in the wrong market, in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's so many different things to analyze, but really what you need to figure out is how much value am I giving and how easy is that to replicate? So can somebody else simply just copy it and how can I do it better? And do the people want that? Not you, not you. 
because it doesn't matter. Business, business and economics is not about you. And the quicker you learn that, the easier life is. Um, it's only about the people that you serve. That's the beautiful thing about capitalism. Um, it's not about you. And uh, if you don't serve and give the people what we want, then you fail. Um, and I found a lot of businesses that have been extraordinarily successful and things that I thought were the stupidest thing ever. But hey, somebody wanted those things. That's great. That may not be me. And so you need to be really looking at that end destination and deciding, hey, does that exist? And is it something that I believe in so much? And I know it exists so much that I'm going to take this journey and I'm going to be okay with it. Um, I'm a pretty conservative guy. Um, I'm not one to jump into things that I either don't really understand or that I don't inherently see the need for and I won't partake in. Because that just leaves too much question to me. How big is this demand? How much is this demand working? Um, or clearly understand for others, right? I mean, you look at things and you go, okay, well, there's clearly a need for babies or children's clothing, right? But I have no style. And I know that it's labor intensive, small margins, all that, that kind of stuff. And that's, to me, those are the things that are like your reserves or your food, the things that keep you going on the journey. And those resources are really fundamental. How much cash flow am I going to need? How much cash flow is it producing? How many people in the organization are there going to be? And what are the achievements and metrics that we need to hit to make it up this mountain? Um, those are your next step. Okay. So really understanding the resources that it's going to take. And I mean that in time also. So when you're starting ventures it, it understanding the time and effort that it could take is probably actually good that you that most of us we vastly underestimate that uh or else most of us would never start it and once again i when i was younger i was really good at sales and i was really good at my sales job that was good for a lot of things but one of the things that it did badly was it kind of jaded me on a lot of the timeframes in which capital could be brought in. And we were a high margin business. And so it also made me weird when I'm like, you get less than a 20% margin. Well, why are you doing that business? Um, because that wasn't my understanding. So I had very high requirements of any business model that I got in. I wanted really high margins. Um, and I wanted it to be fairly heavy cash flow. But the one good thing it did is it gave us a lot of resources. Our resources wasn't being taken up by the business itself. We could reinvest those resources back into the business. But it left me focusing on the cell and not the system for a long, long time. And I didn't know everything about a lot of businesses. And so I decided, well, that's either not for me or I wouldn't get into to it. And I just wouldn't, I wouldn't do the action. Um, and I wanted to wait till I knew things and I knew them really well because in sales, that's how I made the sell. I knew it and I had to be able to exactly repeat that. I had to tell them the risk. I did everything else. And then it was that, that we were awarded the contract and then we were able to receive those cash flows. Um, but once I figured out, okay, I don't need to know everything, um, that failure 
was okay to a certain extent and that I just needed to mitigate that risk. And by mitigating the risk was in the means of failing fast and not putting all my chips down. Um, I did that once. That was not smart. And I, I learned those things the hard way. Um, so when you look at it and starting up, first thing is you just have to accept the fact that you're not going to ever know everything that you're going to need, but understanding that should help you prepare as much as you can, not prepare if it's right and not prepare for inaction, but prepare for you to go on the journey. So understanding your business partners and your knowledge resources, uh, a lot of people misunderstand that. They think that their one line item or their one change of a certain idea allows them to compete in a market that have a lot of really, really smart people. And they are deploying things very well. Um, you need to know what you, you need to be humble enough to understand how much there is that you don't know. So that way you can go out and you can gather those resources. So knowing that you're, you don't know everything is the key to starting because that allows you to open up your mind to be okay with that and to source those resources. I see so many people that try to start and just by even the act of getting started, they say, oh, I don't know that. And then they shut down. I can't do that. I don't understand that. And it's kind of like, well, of course you don't. Why would you? That's that's not how it works. So getting over that fact alone and saying, what do I think I have an opportunity in? And what do I think that I understand or see the opportunity and that I an opportunity that I could take advantage of it? That's way more important, way more important. Um, most of the things that I've ever done, I've had no clue how to do. Um, when we started investing in real estate, we were not real estate people. We were salespeople. Um, everything from online companies, which I knew nothing about. And I had to partner up with somebody that did to starting a private equity company, um, knew nothing about that. And a wholesale business, know nothing about that. And two, these are businesses that I'm not on top of the mountain yet. Right. I guess you could say our private equity, we're already successful with that. We've landed our first deal. We've got that done. We have, um, uh, six to 7 million assets under management. And uh, we have under contract a whole lot more is I think it's like 20 million right now uh, that we should be executing on. So that I understood one of the parts of it. And then I kind of scaled it from there. And I had to bring in people that could help me that knew a lot more. We've had to pay a Honda attorneys. We've had to work really hard on this. And I needed to make sure that I had the resources to survive all that, to survive the fact that, listen, I got to feed this, this thing deals and we got to have deals that meet our caliber. How's this going to look? How's this going to work? Um, can I get rid of all these pain points that I knew I had? And then we failed so many times. So let me give you an example of how, when we were trying to figure this out and everything that we were trying to do it, I was very wrong on. So one of the things that I thought is I thought, okay, I just need deals and then I need capital and then I could essentially do the deal and then we could have investors come in. So we went to people that had an investor base. I did not. Um, and they chart, they were, you know, I call them capital aggregators. They aggregate capital and then they deploy it to operators or people who they see fit. 
And uh, I thought, oh, that's really easy. I go to them, they give me a check, and we do the deal. And then for deal flow, well, I'll just partner up with somebody that can get me lots of deals. There we go, right? It's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yep, got my two pieces of the bread. I'm in the middle. Boom, we're set. Time to eat. That's not how it worked at all. In fact, I found out that those two ways were actually not the right ways at all for us. Um, It didn't work for us. We had a few choices at that point. We could say, all right, um, I don't understand how to get money. And I don't understand how to get deals. Um, I mean, I understood how to get deals, not at the level, though, that we're talking about. And a lot of the deals that we're getting, I'm like, oh, maybe you we're not, maybe I should get somebody else to do it. Maybe it's a development cycle, something, you know, there was all these questions that we didn't do and that we didn't have, but already going into it, I was totally okay with not knowing or understand that. So we pivoted and we're like, no, the only reason we were using capital aggregators was for a simple purpose was I didn't have the resources to manage investors. So we brought those in house. And as I'm doing, as you're trying to figure this out, you're line iding iteming needs and how these needs will have to work. And then I have to pay for these needs. I have to bring them in. We have to train them. We have to set up the system to handle them, um, which we're not done yet. I'm, I'm still talking about, like, I, I can see a lot farther than six feet on this one, but we're not up the mountain on it. Right. Um, after we passed a, a billion dollars in assets under management, then I feel like I'll be on the mountain, but, uh, we got a long way to go to hit our goals and uh, go where we know we can. Then on the deal flow side, um, I'm like, how do we consistently bring in deals? Cause it deals, deals a lot of time can be easy if you're just looking for marks, but I needed consistent deals and I needed deals that met my mark. Um, we have extremely high standards in our returns that we get. And, um, I was told actually repeatedly that you have to lower your standards on returns, which I really didn't want to do. And I thought, you know what? Instead of doing that, let's just bring all of this in-house and let's source it. So then we started a wholesale company. Um, And then in order to fuel the wholesale company, well, excuse me, and then we brought the deals in-house. But in order to fuel our deals in-house, we also needed capital. I needed sales guys. And there was a long, there's like a long tail in the closing cycle on big deals. So we needed something to fuel them in between. So then we started the wholesale company. Um, which we brought somebody in to run. Uh, this is I'm totally in the fog. This this the wholesale side. I was completely six feet in front of me. I couldn't see down in the forest. So I reached out to my friend who was on the podcast earlier as we were discussing, and I said, "Hey, I don't have a framework set up, and I don't know exactly how to build this. Um, what do we need to do? And I need help." Um, and I he was luckily uh, enough willing to help me on that Cole was, and he helped us build it out. And I knew, okay, this is now, this is another thing. This is going to take months and I don't even know how it's going to work out. We got to figure out deal flow. We got to figure out all of this stuff. Right. Um, but we started going down that road. I knew, Hey, we can figure it out as long as we have, um, the time frame and understanding and resources that we need. And then it comes down, you know, we're talking about tools at your disposal. Um, these tools are incredibly important. So anyone that follows me or listens to the podcast knows that we have this array of businesses. Well, if you look at our businesses, the vast majority of them support our core 
um, competencies. It supports our core mission. And they're actually tools for us to accomplish those things. We just decided to start the businesses or buy the businesses or invest in the businesses as opposed to just pay out. Um, that way we could ha own the infrastructure and we could scale. Um, that's something that's worked out very, very well for us. Um, and we've partnered with people that are incredibly smart um, on the software side for a property management system. Everyone on the podcast needs to go listen to the self-storage income podcast, Lance Watkins. It just came out this week. The reason being is it's all about technology. It's all about that property management system we're creating. And you can see and understand why we thought there was a need for this and what that meant. And it's not because we had ever set up, set out to own a property management system, a software company ever. That was never the point. Um, but we needed the tools and we needed certain kinds of tools to get to our destination, which is a billion dollars assets under management, which to get to that scale, I knew I had to do things differently and we needed access to more and better tools to make this journey. Cause that's going to be a long, hard journey. So one of the things that I think we've gotten very good is understanding, first of all, if the de destination is a tangible, real thing, understanding the resources needed to last however long it's going to take to get to that destination, and then finding, accruing, or building the tools to get there. So once again, these are the three steps and why you don't need to know everything. First of all, understanding of your destination, what it means, um, not entirely what it looks like. When I, when I got started in real estate, um, my idea was to own like all of these small, teeny little storage facilities all over the West. That was my plan. That was my entire business plan. Um, it, it was actually not a good business plan at all. Now it's a much more vi viable bu business plan because of automation and a bunch of other things. But when I was starting it, no, the operational expenses associated ate away. There was no margins, therefore no resources. And so I had to pivot. Now, the end, end goal, though, that I wanted was a large portfolio of real estate. I just realized a lot when I got started and when we started buying small facilities that there's not enough resources here to get us there. So what did we do? You don't give up. You don't go home. We changed. We said, hey, if we got bigger, we could concentrate three small facilities into one instead. That's less operational expenses. There's more um, uh, margin in it. There was different things we could do. And so we pivoted. The end goal of owning large portfolios of infrastructure and real estate and even different asset classes that had never changed, right? And then two was resources for the journey. When we got started, I knew I was going to have to work multiple jobs for years, years. It was not something I thought was going to happen quick nor easy. Um, and I knew that this was possible, but I, I, I had my goals and my metrics and things that I wanted to hit, but in no way, shape, or form uh, did I actually expect us to get to where we got, how fast we got. That was not expected. Um, that was a benefit of a lot of things, and some of them were outside of our control. Uh, but I had an understanding of the resources needed, and as time went on, um, we needed to add resources. So what did we do? We started 
out and to get to our end destination. Thing that I thought we wouldn't need to do is start the private equity side, which we did that. Now, number three was the tools that we needed. When I started out, once again, we did not in any way, shape, or form think that we would need as much software technology that we were in, um, the scope of the people that we needed involved in our business. That was all very small. So as we were going on, we had to make sure we had enough resources so we could buy and invest in the tools that we needed in our journey. So with this framework, though, all businesses, different aspects that we're going into, I'm totally comfortable saying I don't know everything. I don't need to know everything because I know it's going to change. I need to be adaptable and I need to be able to last and I need to be able to accumulate the tools that I need to, to get along the journey. The tools that I need will change along the journey, but if I don't have enough resources, I can't adapt and I can't make it. So when you look at your personal situation and a lot of people, they just go quit their job to do a startup. I'm actually very against that. That is not how I did it. That's not how it worked for me. Unless you're just going to go out and get a lot of investors or a lot of capital to fund you. So your resources aren't your own. That's different. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to go get a VC to invest tons of money in you to do some startup. Okay. Well then you're getting your resources elsewhere, but then you're giving up control. You're, you're giving up your baby. That's another total another topic for another day. But, um, the point being is, is once again, under this framework, the understanding, the resources, and then accumulating the tools for the journey, this does not come at first. You don't have it. You're, you, you have some resources, right? And maybe a couple tools, but you will never start the journey with everything you need. It's just not going to happen. You don't know the rivers. You don't know all the problems you're going to face. You don't know what you need to overcome. So how can you expect to have the tools ready to overcome those if you don't even know what's, what you're going to face? And that's okay. That's fine. But if you don't get to those problems, if you don't get to those barriers, well, then you'll never be able to find out the tools or to get the tools to get over them anyways. So you need to get started and you need to understand how that end destination looks and you need to get started going down that road with reasonable ideas of resources needed. And you, you know, Hey, maybe I'm a little too conservative, but normally I don't think anyone should bet the whole farm. Um, because there's definitely an understanding that I don't know everything. And if I don't know everything, I usually don't bet the whole farm. Um, with that said, I go very big and basically everything that we do. So not betting the whole farm and not being dedicated, don't confuse those two things. Like I was not quitting. I was going all in the whole way. There were no ifs, ands, or buts. And we do on all our companies. We're committed. We don't even think about taking out. It's about the creation. It's about the building part. But I also wanted to diversify my revenue streams and my income streams. Um, that's why I still have my brokerage company. Uh, that I started and I had a clear end of the destination. And because I'd been in that, I feel that I had a good understanding of the resources and tools that I'd need. That's why the vast majority of successful companies that you see are people that leave current existing business models and they go start their own because they have clear understanding of the resources and tools that are needed. They can source those, then deploy those and create. Um, if you can keep that in mind, this is also the process of opportunity and understanding where opportunity lies, 
because you have to figure things out. And I can't tell you how many times on people's journeys, as they're trying to get to an end destination and they're trying to, they're looking at the resources and tools. Oh, well, this doesn't have this, or I need this, but I can't find this. Well, why don't I just create that? And then that becomes the business. Um, this is Instagram. This is so many businesses that you can even think about. The tool ended up becoming the whole business because that's what everybody needed. You have to be able to pivot. You have to be okay with that, right? Um, who knows? Maybe our software company will be by far bigger than any real estate holdings that we'll ever own, which am I going to complain about that? Not at all. So being on the journey is also part of the opportunity creation. Um, anyways, I hope this makes sense. Once again, understand the end destination, the journey that you need, the resources and tools, and put together that, but get moving. You got to get started. You got to get moving because you can't ever see everything that it's going to take to get to the end destination. And you never will. So you'll just never start. So don't worry about knowing everything without experience. You never can. And the creation process requires you to do, to create, to understand, to learn. Um, yeah, I hope that's clear. And I hope I just have it rattled on, but I think it's a really important topic. Um, one that I still have to understand and I still have to learn to, uh, mitigating risk. Although yes, that's essential. And I do it all the time. I do understand. And I've come become 100% okay with that. It could all fail. Um, because there's nothing I can do about it. Um, uh, from the standpoint, excuse me, let me reframe that. There's nothing that I can do about a lot of things. Like if there was a great depression, if there was something like some of those things are just out of my control and I just can't, you know, you can't stay up worrying about it and you can't, you can't think that you need to know those things to get started. So on the start of your journey, don't worry about things that are so grossly out of your control that they don't even matter, but are preventing you from doing a lot. And I guess I looked at it. Well, if that happened, then I guess my job would have been over anyways. And I guess I probably wouldn't have that anyways. I mean, I would have lost my home anyways, or whatever all those worries and things that I have are. And then I look at the exact, and then I look at saying, what's the worst possible thing that could happen? I guess it all fails and I have to go get a job somewhere. And if so, that's right where we all started anyways. So you know what? It's worth it. I hope that's helpful, guys. Um, it's a little bit about how we've gone along our journey, the things that we're doing. Um, we have multiple of these companies starting out that we are still in the fog. Uh, when Rock gets on, we'll talk about uh, to our online business. We are in the middle. We just secured a bunch of molds. We're dropping more products. Um, that's all new to us, the business model. We understood the product types. We understood the need for, um, but the execution, we're still learning. It's taken way longer than we thought. Luckily for us, we anticipated that and we didn't pull money out of the company. So we had large cash flow and we banked our excess cash flow continually for product development and product launch. Um, coming back once again to the resources and the tools, we went out and found the people that we needed to work for. So when Rock comes back on, I'll have uh, him update us more on that. With that, guys, 
If you would, if this is good for you, if this information is helping you, if you like it, if it's aligned to you for us, do me a favor, share it online, tag me, AJ Osborne, um, rate us and give us a review. This is how you guys can help us. It helps us gain exposure. And as long as we continue to gain exposure, and as long as we keep growing, we're going to keep putting this stuff out. We're going to keep talking to you guys about our journey that we're on, what's failing, what's working. And as we're walking through the fog, um, letting you know how we're overcoming and what tools we're using to do these things. With that, I hope you guys are doing awesome and you've all started on your journey and talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at Cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.